The explosion of streaming TV services offers us more options than ever when it comes to entertainment. But so many of these services can put a strain on your wallet. So let's break down why you might want to drop a Netflix or a Hulu. I'm Roger Chang and this is your Daily Charge. With me is CNET editor Shelby Brown, who has a nice rundown of the various streaming services out there and why you should drop each one of them. So thanks for joining me, Shelby. Thanks for having me again. So before we, we get into the different services, uh, and we can get into the details in a bit, uh, do you have any general suggestions for how you would approach things when you know, balancing your budget with all these various streaming services? Because for I think for a lot of people, there are different shows that we like, uh, but those shows are found on different services. So there's no, there's no one-size-fits-all option. So what would you suggest to folks kind of generally looking at this landscape? Uh, definitely examine why you want that service and what's appealing to you about that service. Like I had to stop myself from immediately subscribing to HBO Max, number one, just because of the giant explosion of publicity around it when it first came out and kind of the the FOMO, the fear of missing out. Um, I think that can be a big draw to services, um, especially the new ones. I I can imagine that's going to be when Peacock comes out, there'll be a huge draw to that because it's new and attractive. But with HBO Max, I wanted to subscribe to it um, because I immediately fell in love with their classic films collection. But I have to ask myself if that's all that I'm going to watch on there. So is that worth my money? So I think that that's a question that you should ask yourself before you subscribe to something. Gotcha. No, I think that's a... That's a good concept to keep in mind, especially considering there are only so many hours in the day and so much time we have to watch stuff. So even if in principle it's something you want to have access to, you're right. It may not be something you necessarily need. Uh, so let's 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 run through the different services and let's start with the granddaddy of them all. You know, the one that is basically ubiquitous, and that's Netflix. It, it almost seems inconceivable to drop Netflix, but are there reasons why you'd want to drop this service? Um, I think that Netflix is kind of where we started with that, you know, binging idea. And whether you're actively watching it or if it's just on for background noise, um, of course, there are Netflix originals, which typically garner a lot of buzz on social media, like Tiger King came out recently. Um, So mostly, I think if you're not interested in staying on top of new shows, Netflix might not be for you or watching the old classics like The Office or Parks and Recreation or When Friends was on there before HBO Max. Right. And some of those shows have disappeared from Netflix so that that you kind of lose access to some of that old library, right? Mm -hmm. All right. Well, what about Disney Plus? Uh, As simple as it sounds, um, I think you should axe Disney Plus if you're not into Disney or Marvel. Uh, Disney Plus is a nostalgic ride with the vaulted films and the Disney Channel original movies from the late 90s, the early 2000s, and the buzzworthy original shows like The Mandalorian um, and the Star Wars films, again, the Marvel films. But again, if you're not a fan of the Disney or the Marvel films, you might not want to invest in Disney Plus. And that's the thing. Uh, there could be something to be said about subscribing to these services timed with shows you love, right? Like when we know The Mandalorian is coming back, we subscribe to it for The Mandalorian, we drop. Fortunately for one of the, for these services, 
there aren't like cancellation fees. It's not as sticky as it used to be with cable service, right? You could you could hop on, you could hop off, and that's that that's kind of a good benefit. You can sort of time out if you really want to be strategic about it. These different services, right? And we've seen those trends when Game of Thrones was on with with HBO. We would see the spike in the viewership go up right before the season would started, and then we would see it plummet after the season would go off. So. Yeah, that and that is a good transition to HBO Max. What? Why would you want to keep? Why would you want to drop HBO Max? HBO Max really came out swinging at launch with a huge catalog of TV shows and movies. Its price is on the higher side, though, compared to the other services. It's fifteen dollars a month, um, so. I wouldn't necessarily invest in that if you're looking for a more budget-friendly option. And HBO Max might not be the one that you want to subscribe to because you can't stream 4K HDR yet or on Roku or Amazon devices. But it's still new, so that could change in a couple months or next year. Got it. And then Amazon Prime Video? Uh, Amazon Prime Video is kind of a two-for-one because you get the discount with the e-commerce site as well. Um, the platform is more centered around movies that you can rent, buy, watch for free. Um, but the service definitely puts a focus on its original shows like Fleabag, The Marvelous Miss Maisel, and Modern Love. So if you're more a fan of mainstream TV shows, you might want to drop Prime Video. This for me is like the one that it's kind of the default to your point, right? Like I, I, I am a Prime member because I need the shipping services and the video is kind of an extra. Uh, what about Hulu, which is probably one of the more pure play TV streaming services out there? I drop Hulu if you don't care about keeping up with the current mainstream shows. Um, one of my favorite parts about the service is how quickly it uploads new episodes after they air on cable. But you can also get the live TV plan for $55 a month that acts like a cable replacement to watch shows in real time. A downside to that, for example, if you wanted to catch up on all the seasons of Grey's Anatomy, only season 16 is available on Hulu, whereas all the seasons are available on Netflix. So that's kind of a, a catch. And then uh, lastly, Apple TV Plus. Apple TV Plus has a lot of original shows that were a significant draw to the service, like The Morning Show. And even though you can link all your streaming services to your Apple TV, Apple TV Plus doesn't have a library of licensed shows and movies. It also doesn't always release full seasons of shows at once. So I'd say if none of the new shows caught your interest after the free trial, don't keep it. I subscribed to Apple TV Plus for the free trial and watched The Servant. I thought it was really good. I probably will pick it back up when the second season comes out. So that's always an option. Okay, we didn't actually talk about Quibi that much, but uh, that that's a service that is uh, shorter. It's shorter content. It's so I guess if you've got less of an attention span, that's something that might, that might interest you. But I know Quibi has had its struggles um, and isn't necessarily on the same kind of par with uh, the rest of these services. You mentioned this at the beginning. Uh, Peacock launches next month, and that's that's sort of the last of the big streaming services. 
uh, that's coming from Comcast Universal. That's where the office is going to be headed. That's where a bunch of these these Universal shows. If you're a Fast and Furious fan, that's where those movies are going. So uh, even more services to consider. Uh, thank you, Shelby, for for kind of breaking down the different ones because. It's clear none of us can subscribe to all of them, uh, really two or three max, and then, well, we'll probably have to start sharing passwords or something. Uh, lastly, Shelby, do you have any other tips for our listeners, any uh, last suggestions for maybe how to weed out some of these services? Definitely take advantage of the free trials if you're interested in a new service. But if you're subscribed to, p- to more than one, uh, pay attention to how much you're using it. If you haven't logged in in a couple weeks, I'd say get rid of it because you might be wasting your money. Good suggestion. If you have any questions for me or Shelby, drop us a line at The Daily Charge on Twitter. You can check out our story on CNET.com. Before we leave, though, I wanted to take a question from one of our listeners, Scott, who's dealing with poor download and upload speeds at T-Mobile and is wondering if things will change with the merger with Sprint. This is Scott. Um, I'm a Sprint customer currently, and I see really bad... uh Upload download times uh, on 4G. I'm at 0.58 megabits per second and up or download, and 0.86 megabits per second upload. I was wondering with a T-Mobile merger, are we going to see uh, better performance anytime soon, or is it, you know, going to be pretty bad for a while still on Sprint 4G LTE? Thanks. Uh, I'll just say that T-Mobile has been constantly working on upgrading its network. Uh, but service definitely varies based on where you live. I don't think that the merger with Sprint will hurt the service. Uh, in fact, I think if anything, it should get better as T-Mobile takes advantage of some of the Sprint's assets. Um, but but Scott, to you specifically, and I, I can't really say for sure since I don't know where you live, but uh, I'd recommend restarting your phone a couple times, double checking the network connection. And if you're still getting these problems, it might be time to just move on because with every carrier, there are always going to be some blind spots. Scott, I hope that helps, and I hope that helps other listeners with the same problem. For The Daily Charge, I'm Roger Chang. Thanks for listening.